Life Audio. Hey friend, Heather Creekmore here. So here's the deal. Coaching doesn't have to be scary. In fact, my newest coaching client is so brave. She asked me if I wanted to coach someone for the podcast. And I was like, yes, I do. But oh, are you sure you're okay with that? And she said, yes, absolutely. So today I am coaching for the first time my new client, Presley. She's in South Africa. And we're going to start digging into some of the roots of her body image issues. And the reason I'm playing this for you, the reason Presley agreed to this, is first of all, some of you may resonate with some of the things Presley and I talk about. And so you might actually get or hear an answer for yourself. Others of you just need a little extra push that coaching is really what you need. Maybe you're scared of the concept of it. Maybe you're not really sure how it works. This is your invitation, your open door to see what coaching is like and how working with me in coaching can really take you to a deeper level as you explore these issues, because I'm going to ask you questions. I'm not going to just let you off the hook, let you just gloss over something. I'm going to make you stop and dig in. And sometimes even when working on our own, it's hard for us to stop and dig in. There's parts of our hearts that we have locked away. and We don't want to go there. And so we don't. And that's why you might need a coach. If you do, reach out, heather at comparedwho.me, and I can tell you about all of your options. But for today, we're going to dig into Presley's story, and you'll hear how I coach her. Let's get to the show. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey, Presley, how are you doing today? Hey, Heather, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Are you ready for coaching? I'm ready. <laughs> ready as you'll ever be, huh? Well, this is going to be right. super painless and um, super helpful. You know, the first the first session is normally more of you talking than me talking, uh, just because I need to get to know you a little bit more. But I'm going to ask you in just a second to just share your story, like where and what you remember around how your struggle with body image began. And then if I hear something, I might jump in and be like, okay, hey, stop just a second. Can I ask you about that? So I may interrupt you at points just to go a little deeper on certain things, but okay. this is your time. Like I tell all of my clients, like you certainly don't have to tell me anything that you don't want to tell me, of course. I mean, you're already going to do that. <laughs> I'm actually filtered for that. But I would say if there's anything where you're like, ooh, I think this applies, but I don't really want to talk about that. Like, like pray about that internally, because a lot of times those are the things that need to come out. 
those are the kind of, you know, where it's like, oh, I feel silly. I mean, it was just one thing one boy said in the fifth grade, you know, I feel silly mentioning that. But those are the things, the things that we feel shame or silly about. Those are things that need to come out um, and bring them to the light to kind of help dig through why, why you feel stuck sometimes. So um, any questions for me before we get going? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, Presley, will you just share your story? What do you remember? When do you think this all began for you? Um, that's a good question. And I've thought about that a lot. And uh, I feel like when I think about it, it's like it picks up in certain places and then it chills out for a while and then it'll pick back up in other stages of life. Like I, I do remember like as like a five-year-old kid, maybe maybe even smaller, already recognizing that um, I was bigger. I felt like I was bigger. Like in my, in my Mickey Mouse bathing suit, my tummy was round. And where other little girls' tummies were totally like they had washboard abs or touched all the way from knees to thighs. And I was like, that's not how that's supposed to look. So I remember like even at five wanting to press my legs together if I stood up so that if I was pressing my legs together, no one could see whether I had a thigh gap or not. Even at that young, like I'm trying to hide it. So I, I think at least from that age, but I, I don't know why. I think it was just my own, like, noticing other kids. And um, so that's when I noticed. And then I, I think that just continued like through elementary years, but I went to public school up until fourth grade. And then I went to homeschool uh, from fifth grade up until graduation. So I, it kind of chilled out because the only comparisons I really had were at home and next to my older sister, I was kind of smaller than her. So I didn't, I think it didn't exacerbate any issues really. Um, but I remember like in elementary school, one, one day I knew it was going to be a picture day and I think it was about third grade and I wore one of my dad's t-shirts to school and it hung down to my knees. And I thought this will really hide everything and no one will be able to tell how big I am. And I, I've seen that picture now as an adult and I was totally normal size. It's so actually sad to see it now. Wow. But I think that same, I still struggle with that right now. Like in some pictures I see, I will look like a totally normal person mm -hmm. to me, what should be normal. Mm -hmm. And, but then other pictures I'm seeing like, whoa, it's worse than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, so that just kind of that same, those same thoughts. And like, I need to be working towards becoming more of a normal size person. And so I, nobody sees that I'm as giant as I am in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And remind me, Presley, have you, have you ever talked to a counselor or anything about body dysmorphic disorder? it sounds like you probably have a touch of that. I'm not qualified, of course, to diagnose that, but kind of sounds to me like that might be something going on. Have you ever talked to anyone about that? I have never talked to like a professional, but just in like, you know, dumping all my stuff on my sister, she would say, <laughs> yeah, but you've always been dis body dysmorphic. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you've never said that before. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's go back to elementary school. You. And let's just kind of stay there for a second. 
And if you want to just like kind of close your eyes and just try to try to go back there. Is there a specific memory? Like aside from remembering pressing your legs together, Mickey Mouse bathing suit. I mean, you've got, you've got several memories, but is there a memory of someone saying something, someone comparing you to someone else or, you know, a memory even of seeing someone else who had the quote unquote, like right body. Like, are there any scarring memories in that time? I, I think, um, I, I think I did see like kids that were, um, smaller, but I just thinking about it, I can't think of a particular child, but I can remember because my mom and dad were going through a difficult divorce mm. that um, I remember my mom and my mom can be kind of, uh, I don't know, um, I'll just say crazy. She can be <laughs> kind of crazy. And she was going off on my dad about something. And in the moment I heard her say, because if Presley gets any fatter, I'm sending her to fat camp. And I think that she was yeah. just like berating my dad, like, cause at my house, she eats vegetables, but she says mm-hmm. at your house, she eats all this and that and something about fat camp. But I don't even know if I heard that at five or if I, if I was retold the story later yeah. by somebody probably shouldn't have told me, but yeah. I do, I do remember that. So, wow. I don't know if yeah. maybe that had an impact back then and like filed it in the subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that that certainly could, right? Because yeah. so let, let's can we stay there for a second? Are you comfortable staying there for a second, or does that feel really yeah. uncomfortable? No, okay. No. So I know you don't remember exactly when you heard it, if you heard it live or heard it retold. But like, what is so you just think about? Think about five year old you, or or elementary school you. I guess it could be because we don't know what age. Hearing mom say that. What, what stirs inside you? Do you feel sad? Like, how do you feel? Are you, are you able to feel that? I, if, if I think about it, it kind of makes me feel like, um, an object rather than, um, a, a person or a child or someone who's loved regardless of how they're appearing to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Are you tired of constantly telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this way? It's so many of us guilt trip or gaslight ourselves instead of working our way through those complicated feelings. You should be a good friend, even though you feel hurt by past betrayals. You should be content, even though you feel lonely or unfulfilled. We've all been there, haven't we? But what if there is a way to reset these toxic mental tapes that sabotage our days? In her groundbreaking new book, I Shouldn't Feel This Way, Dr. Allison Cook encouraged you to not just silence those thoughts, but actually come face to face with them. You can find emotional freedom, learn to see through the haze of conflicted feelings, and move forward in your life with confidence. Pairing biblically sound principles with over 20 years of research and clinical practice, licensed therapist and best-selling author, Dr. Allison Cook, guides you through a practical three-step process to find the freedom you crave. Change starts when you finally stop beating yourself up for the way that you feel and say, you know what? I do feel this way, and I can finally do something about it. Take the first step towards clarity and peace today with I Shouldn't Feel This Way by Dr. Allison Cook. Available now wherever books are sold. Are, are you able to feel sadness around that? 
it, it, you may not be able to, it's okay. I just, I'm just kind of digging here. Well, my, my relationship with my mom, cause my mom was, she struggled with drugs and kind of living a wild lifestyle. So I think my, my relationship with her is complicated and I haven't really ever received any safety from her. Okay. So I don't expect it. So it doesn't really hurt. Like I, I'm, I expect it. You kind of had to numb out to everything coming from mom is not going to feel good. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, so the, the odd thing about body image issues, right, is that they always connect to all this other stuff. <laughs> I mean, we want it just to be about the body. We want it just to be, you know, our stuff. But there's always, right. there's always connections, right? And so one thing that I would have you do would be to journal about the statement from mom, write it out because here's the weird thing, like with, with processing things and, you know, and like, I'm, I'm not a professional counselor, although I've done a lot of lay counseling over the years and through our time in ministry, but but a lot of the things that hurt us the most, our biggest challenges, we don't feel them <laughs> because we have done like, and our bodies do this to protect us, right? Like we, in our brains, like we do this to protect ourselves, but it's like, I don't feel that thing that really hurts. What I feel is like, I'm too fat. What I feel is I'm too big. What I like, so we just take these issues coming from other places and we just push it into, nope, this is about my body. This is about me and my body. And, and so like your response to like, does it hurt? Like, do you feel that? Like that that's right on Presley. That like, yes, I like, that's what I would have expected you to say for sure. Wow. But part of your healing journey for this other stuff, the body and food stuff that you're dealing with, I think we'll be dealing with that hurt from mom. Yikes. Yeah, I know. That's not what you signed up for, is it? <laughs> you just wanted me to give you five quick tips to feel better in your body, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and I was laughing at another podcast I listened to from you where I was um, hoping for a meal plan. Like I wouldn't have said that out loud, but I was secretly like subconsciously hoping and just tell me how to eat and what I should think. Right. And like, that will, that will help. I can read it and I can, I can start doing it. And I'll be right. Right. Oh, it's, it's everyone. It's all of us. Right. So there's no like shame or embarrassment or because it's every single one of us. Like, please just tell me, tell me the 10 things I need to know to fix it. And I will go do those things diligently. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. You want and me now to that we're talking, go ahead. Yeah. Now, now that we brought that up, it just like, I've always struggled with binge eating. I would say always as, as early as I can remember eating. And I, I have read stuff that says like, when you don't have like emotional safety, sometimes mm -hmm. kids binge eat, but I still struggle with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like even from a little kid, I remember binge eating. Yeah. Well, a lot of the and again, I just need to say this because we might use this on the podcast. Like I'm, I'm not an eating disorder, like certified, you know, like we're not, 
we're not here to like work on your eating disorder specifically. I'm right. Happy, you know, I'm happy to send you to one of my friends who does that, <laughs> but, right, right. but, but it's like, even though you're safe now, I mean, and just like for context, you're married, you are across the world, honestly <laughs> living in South Africa. You like, you know, you're, you should be safe from anything from your family of origin. Right. And yet right. somehow we take that stuff with us. Right? It doesn't, it doesn't leave when we leave, it carries with us. And and that's kind of a bummer, right? But yeah, it sense to me that the emotional stuff that you've had since you were really little is, is still at play today. But I think the good news is, I mean, you know, they say this like in addiction recovery, right? Like you first have to say, like you first have to recognize it, right? You first have to see it. Like you go into the Al-Anon meeting and you, you know, say, hi, I'm Heather and I'm an alcoholic, right? Like you have to, you have to be able to admit it first, right? Yeah. Like in some ways I feel like for like someone with alcohol or drug issue, right? Like their issue is so perhaps obvious to them and others. It's easier to bring light to it, right? Like people are saying, Hey, you have a drinking problem. Hey, you have a drug problem. They know, Hey, I have a drinking problem. But with this stuff, we can keep this quiet all day long. (laughs) No one knows. It's not obvious. And in fact, I would say probably what's worse is that sometimes we get praised for it, right? Like the, we, the live podcast that we did with Amy Carlson, right. Where she was talking about that client she had that like for 20 years in church probably had anorexia and people were praising her for it. So it's, it's not only easy to keep secret. We can also feel like we're doing something right by keeping it secret. So a deep breath here. Let's go back. Let's go back to mom and that statement. What do you think the word fat meant to you back then? What did you think of when you thought of the word fat? Did you have any associations for that word? I think to me, it must have meant like unacceptable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're little. Still sometimes means that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That is that something that like thinking back, do you remember hearing like that word used in your home? Like did you know, I don't know if someone was on TV, did they say, you know, oh look, she's fat or you know, is that is that a, a characterization or a label you heard other family members use in a derogatory way? So I um, grew up with, in my dad's house with my stepmom, and I didn't see my mom very much anymore um, regularly after that because um, my dad got custody. But um, I think mostly then it was it wasn't like talking about fat people or other fat people. It may just be like aunt so and so has really gotten wide, you know, after a family reunion or. Even my stepmom may be talking about herself that she doesn't want to be fat or 
we're all going to start the zone diet mm-hmm. or we're all going to, you know, start doing, I don't think it was called keto back then. I think it was called Atkins. Yeah. Atkins or South beach. Yep. Yeah. And we were going to start doing that. And we, you know, we had workout DVDs and she would try to get us to do that together. And I loved it. I actually latched onto the DVDs and I still love workout DVDs, but, but um, yeah, I think that it was just not wanting to be fat. Nobody wants yeah. to be fat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's really what you said before that it's, I don't, it's, it's not really about being fat. It's no one wants to be unacceptable. No one wants to be unlovable. No one wants to be wrong or like, and I don't mean wrong as in like right or wrong, but just like not have the right body. Um, yeah, we all just want to be loved right at the core is we just want to be accepted. We want to be seen. We want to be known. We want to be loved. And, you know, the fight or flight system that responds to stress and threat right? I think for a lot of us kicks in, it's like, uh oh, threat assessment. This family does not accept fat. Fat is bad. Fat means I won't be accepted. Fat means I won't be loved, you know? And so stress goes high. The alarm bell goes off. Woo, woo. Can't be fat. That'll be bad. Can't be fat. And it's like, must take action. What does it mean to take action? It means this. So talk a little bit about, you said you were binging when you were younger, were you restricting then too with those diets? Like, did you go beyond the diet and try to go without eating or what did that look like? So I feel like I was the world's worst restrictor. I could, you know, in my mind, think, okay, it's really a problem. I'm really fat. I need to solve this. So I'm not going to eat ever again, never again. Am I going to eat? And I would last like, And I don't know, as a teenager, I should have knew better than this, but I would last about two hours and like, say I was babysitting for my aunt. I would plan as soon as she left, I'm going to eat everything in her pantry. I can't wait for her to leave because I'm going to eat everything. Yeah. Or I would sneak food. I remember being about 10 years old and someone was babysitting us and they had a box, like the big, huge Walmart box of gummy, like the fruit snacks. And I thought as soon as everyone goes to sleep, I'm going to get those. And I literally army crawled to the kitchen and stuffed my pants with fruit snacks oh. and crawled back and ate them. You know how yeah. hard it was to quietly eat those aluminum <laughs> foil wraps? Oh, yeah. Oh, Presley. I, you know, I did the same thing. I rem- And it's so funny. I, I wouldn't have thought of it to use that language. That's super helpful. But I remember I said the same thing. I'm never going to eat again. I mean, it is so yeah. like silly. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> like as, as an adult, it's easy to see. But I made that vow to myself every night. Tomorrow I'm going to do yeah. better. Tomorrow I'm not going to eat at all. And then same thing as you. Like I would go babysit. For me, it was the people across the street. So hopefully they're not listening. But as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as those kids went to bed, I was like, yes, they've got good snacks here you know and try to you know like subtly because you can't you can't take the last one and you know there's certain rules around (laughs) other people's snacks but yeah oh man I remember that too it's like and and I hope in me sharing with you that I did the same thing you know that man there's a lot of us that struggle in the same way right there was nothing 
strange or unusual about you? Yeah. Now I struggle. Go ahead. Now I see that, you know, a lot of people are struggling with that, but back then it was like, if anybody ever finds out that this is the way I am, I'm, I'm garbage and I'm going to be rejected. Everyone's going to know the real me. Right. Right. The shame, right. The shame, the shame not only keeps us quiet about it, right. It makes us feel like we are so weird and that there's like, this is nothing that can be helped. This is just like about me and my own weirdness and yeah, stay quiet, you know? And, and I don't think really, I don't know that culture has done a good job of telling us like, Hey, if you are sneaking food, if you are, you know, restricting and telling yeah. like, that's not healthy. Like that's probably the sign of an eating disorder. Like we don't get, like, I don't see that on Instagram. Well, the people I follow, I see that on Instagram, but I see that on Instagram very much. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I hope you feel seen. Yeah, know? definitely. It, I don't know why it helps to know that other people also, but it's like, sometimes it makes you feel really isolated. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does. Like, I, I think that's the enemy's plan. Make you feel alone. Yeah. So you'll stay shut up. You say something. Um, but I just thought about it now when, um, when I was babysitting, I would always be babysitting for my aunt on my mom's side. Okay. And she was married to John Daly, the golfer okay. at the time. And, um, she was always like the trophy wife. She was always very skinny. Um, she had the boob job and imp- appearance was very important to her. And I would say she was probably like my second mom. I spent a lot of time with her. Um, so I had some of those values. And then I saw like, I don't look like her. Like I'm not five, two, I'm not skinny. Like I, I don't, I just don't look like her. And I think that also maybe played a role in what I and I remember like when I was very young her telling me like I needed to shave my arms mm-hmm. and I was like oh no and I remember I, I wanted to shave my arms and then I always thought you know that is gross if you don't shave your arms even though I never did shave my arms my dad wouldn't let me but I was uh-huh. like oh this arm hair ah, interesting so what okay let's go back to what, like, that was probably, you were probably a young teenager. I'm guessing at that point, if you're babysitting, Mm -hmm. do you remember making any like agreements with yourself or like, I would call them maybe vows, like where you're like, I'm going to be more like aunt, whatever, or I like, do you remember anything like that specifically? Yeah, I, I remember asking her like what she ate and like, how does she look the way she looks? And so I wanted to, you know, take that template and apply it to myself, but I never could mm-hmm. adhere to it. It yeah. was like, it, she, and she was very like, she just said like, if I want something, I'll just have it, but I'll just have one. And I was like, how would I ever do that? How would mm-hmm. I just have one of something? And I, I could never just do that. I could never moderate or, but I can't really think of anything like wanting to, I did, I did want like the clothes she wore, or I wanted to look like her in clothes. I wanted the thigh gap. I wanted to 
have a super flat stomach and I, I never achieved that really. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the interesting thing about this process, Presley will be that like uh, some of these memories are probably like super buried. So there's going to be stuff that's going to come up for you now on the call. You'd be like easy, you know, it just rolls right out. And then like tonight or tomorrow or next week, you might be like, Oh, Oh my word. I remember that one time she said this thing and I, you know, like an after, so just hold space for some more memories to come back. They might not. And don't feel any shame if they don't, there might not be anything else, but for most of us, there's like stuff that we just haven't, like we just, I guess they would call it repressed if I were a psychologist perhaps, but there's just stuff we haven't thought of for so long. And you might be, you know, like making something specific for dinner. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, like the chicken reminded me, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So, so just be ready for that. Just hold space for that. And then okay. what I would recommend you do is write it down because okay. it might just kind of flip through. And if you're busy taking care of kids and husband and things, it, you might forget it. So just write it down if it comes to you. Um, yeah. So one of the exercises that I do in coaching, and I know you're doing the, you're doing the course online to the body image freedom framework. How, how far have you, have you gotten very far? I am on module three, my module three. truth track. Okay. Awesome. So I think like the next module is the ideal image exercise. No, I did that one. You did that one already? It took, oh. it took me, it took me two weeks to figure out who is my ideal image, but I figured uh-huh. it out. Awesome. Okay. Well, who was it? Hit me. Okay. Beckinsale in Underworld. Okay. I might have to Google what she looked like in that movie, but tell, so tell me about that. Yeah. So I was a nerd, um, like a gamer nerd, everything just, but, um, she in underworld she was a vampire i think and like a vampire fighter girl and she had like a leather uh one piece jumpsuit on the whole movie okay and the way she looked in the jumpsuit that was how i need to Mm. look like that would be perfect if i could be her everything would be perfect Uh, yeah yeah so did you print out the picture i did you did okay And then did you do the next step or I don't remember if it's in the course or if I rely on coaching to tell you the next step, putting it on a toilet paper roll. No, I haven't gotten Okay. So the next step that we do in coaching is I have you print her out. Well, you already did that. And then you Mm -hmm. glue her to a toilet paper roll. Mm -hmm. And I want you to keep it somewhere where you can look at it a lot. Okay. Now that might sound really weird, (laughs) but the toilet paper rolling itself probably sounds weird, (laughs) but but look at it a lot because what, and we, we could probably, probably need to dig into this a little bit more too, but if she is your ideal, then in some ways she's your idol, right? So, so in some ways, and, and we can talk about this, actually, let's go ahead and just talk about this. Like you said you liked the way she looked in that clothes. Like what else? You also kind of mentioned you were a gamer and she was like, I don't know. <laughs> she woman, she was like, like she was just this tough, like heroine, I guess. Like what, yeah. what else 
can you list the things that you see in that image that you would be desirous of? Absolutely. It would be, she was strong. She was agile and like, um, fit and like acrobatic. She was impressive. Like she had, I was thinking about also like wanting worship from people. Like she was worshipable. So if I was her, then I would be worshipable. It sounds ugly saying it, but it, it came to me the other day and I was like, yikes, that is yeah. the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Worshipable and maybe enviable too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if like if you look like that, everyone would want to look like you. Yeah. 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 So the idea behind making your little idol, your toilet paper roll idol is my heart is for you to see, I'm going to say, see that idol for what it really is, right? So like, what, what is that idol? What is that image calling you to? Like, what is that image calling you to? Like, you could probably answer that question right now. Like what, what does that image ask of you? Um, when I, well, when I've been, I've been trying to obtain that image, it calls me to hours and hours of workouts and meal planning. And, um, yeah, so my workouts and meal plans has to come before everything else. Like I would even get aggravated if my kids would keep me from a workout, not on purpose, but I would get aggravated that I'm not going to be able to work out because you're needy right now. And saying it out loud sounds yikes, but that was the truth. Yeah. We've all, we've all, I don't think you're alone in that for sure. So don't, don't let the enemy get in there with shame either. Yeah. Yeah. So she's calling you to live a certain way so you can like maybe have her body. And maybe she's calling you to have your priorities out of whack so you can have her body, right? Or, or prioritize yourself over you know everyone else which is kind of I'd have know, to yeah that that's the only way it works right yeah what can you think of yeah. anything else so Presley and I did a full one hour coaching session and I will play the rest of that for you next time thank you for listening today I hope something has helped you stop comparing and start living. The Compared You Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. For more great Christian podcasts, go to lifeaudio.com. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.